Welcome to Transformation Church RVA. This sermon is a part of our series Ripple, focusing on generosity. This series will challenge us to reshape our hearts and lives around what's important to God and His kingdom in regards to our finances. We're starting a new series today. Everybody say Ripple. Um... I honestly believe every, every November we talk about giving. And giving is a sour subject in church, especially for those who don't do it. Um, it's okay. I know some of you are like, uh, you know what? Never coming back here. Preacher's talking about giving. No, follow me. Don't, don't leave me yet. Churches have a bad rep. Rap, rep, rep. For... Um, always asking for money. Um, And so we are very conscious about that here, so we don't do it very much. We ask you to be faithful. And let me tell you something, we're preparing for next year. Let Let me just give you all like an air high five. You have given incredibly throughout 2020, despite all of it. We are not behind, not in the least bit. So I wanted to thank you for your giving. Um, you've not only given, but you've given above and beyond. Our food pantry has every resource it needs. Every, all of our outreaches have all the resources they need. Thank you. Your generosity is not just noticed by us, but it's noticed by God. Um, but that's what we want to talk about, ripple. This thought, this process, and I believe these series of messages will be game changer. Say game changer. They're gonna be a game changer for you. Not you, but just just pat yourself in the chest for you. Yeah. Um, It has the potential to impact your life massively in a significant way. My fear. This will be one of those series that will be easy to shake. It's a, a series where you'll be like, oh, I give, check, and so you check out. Um, and a matter of fact, I had a conversation with one of my elders this morning, and he was like, you know, I'm going to talk, because he's, he's preaching next week, okay, um, and it's going to be good. So, uh, but some of you will just write a check and give of your money, but not give of your time, and be like, okay, I'm caught up here. So, so you pay so you don't have to serve, um, We're going to talk about generosity with our lives and that Christians should be marked by generosity. So over the next three weeks, uh, today we're going to talk about less is more. Next week, giving is good. And the last week we'll talk about how tomorrow matters, which is why we named this series Ripple, because what you do in the here and now affects down the road. You know that's true, right? Okay. Anybody ever, um, anybody uh, like Skittles? Skittles. I love Skittles. My daughter loves Skittles. Um, She's five. I'm 32. So it it doesn't fix with age. Love Skittles. Um, When I was growing up, it was... It always felt like culture was teaching me something. If one is good, two is better. 
And in, in terms of food, I have taken that to heart maybe too much. Oh, hey, hey, we don't need any amens from the peanut gallery. If one is good, two is better. If I have one dollar, two dollars is better. One car, two cars is better. If I have one kid, six kids are better. Sometimes, okay, maybe not. Tax deduction-wise, maybe. More money's always better, more clothes, more toys, more stuff. More is always better. Isn't that what every infomercial tells you? Every infomercial and our culture will point you to the fact that you have need of more. I remember going to the movies. I was in middle school. I went with some friends. So when I go to the movies, I either get Skittles, popcorn, or cookie dough bites. Um, movies are a foreign thing. Look, here I am talking about movies. Nobody goes to movies now. Look, this is so weird, so weird to talk about a movie. I miss movies. Anybody else miss movies? I miss going to the movies. I remember getting, I usually would get one pack of Skittles. This time I got like three. Okay, three, and they were pretty good sized bags of Skittles. Um, by halfway through the movie, I had eaten one whole bag of Skittles. Uh, so I divulged, divulged. I ate and ate and ate. Um, and after the movie, I regurgitated, and that's the word I'll use. I had had so many Skittles. Uh, you know, their thing is taste the rainbow, and I tasted it twice. Um, that was the most colorful. I'm sorry. Maybe I should. Yeah, I'm sorry. I should have. Don't do this one anymore. Bad example. If one was good, two was maybe not better. Would you say that's true? In this case, for sure. This has been a problem since the beginning of time. Adam and Eve, very first two people on the earth, why did they fall into sin? They wanted more. They weren't content. They had every fruit, they had everything they needed, but they needed more. More, more, more. More is always better. What you don't have is what you need. And you know this is true. You know this is true, at least in the sense that this is how culture has given to us to live, that we need more. Um, and so I want to read today in Ecclesiastes chapter 4. Let me look at my time. Oh, we're good. Less is more. Say it. Less is more. Ecclesiastes chapter four, and we're gonna start in verse four. And I saw that all toil and all achievement spring from one person's envy of another. This too is meaningless, a chasing after the wind. Fools fold their hands and ruin themselves. Better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. 
I want you to read verse six with me, okay? Read it together now. Better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. If you want, you can look right from the screen. Let's read it again. Better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. Let's read it again. Better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. Some of y'all are like, man, this guy's repetitious. Look, you're going to leave here and you're going to remember something, and this should be it. Better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls chasing after the wind. That day at the movie theater, uh, my turmoil set in after the movie, but what the Bible is saying is that it's better just to have one handful than two and be filled with turmoil and chasing after the wind. You know who wrote this? Solomon. Solomon wrote this. Solomon was the richest, one of the richest men in the entire scripture. He had everything. Everything anyone physically could have ever wanted, he had. And here he is, lamenting. One, look, I pursued all of this because I was envious of what other people had, and all it came to was meaningless. One handful with tranquility is much better than two. With turmoil and chasing after the wind. Why is it better? Why is it better? One, if you only have one handful, I have another hand to help someone with. I have another hand to give encouragement. I have some, if, if somebody's in need, I have another hand to do that with. If all we do is constantly chase, chase, chase after more, 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 you'll find your life filled with meaningless things. Less is more. Um, but to determine this, uh, we have to define what does matter, okay? So if more, more, more is meaningless, what does matter? Define it. Now, if you had fill-out sheets, which, which I hope to go back to eventually, um, I was gonna have you list the top three things. So right now in your mind, I want you to list the top three things. Define what matters most in your life. I had a conversation um, recently with a person who had three months left to live. Cancer diagnosis. Uh, I don't know if you've ever had a conversation with someone who's been given a deadline to their life. But if you ask these people what matters? They've told me things on their deathbed like God matters. Relationships with my family and my friends matter. Kids matter. My, my health matters. Everything shifts when you know you have a deadline. What is life? What does the Bible say about life? It's here one moment. And gone the very next. It's like a vapor. You have a very short life. 
You only have one chance at this. Define what matters. But let me, let me tell you what wasn't on anyone's list. I wish, just a few things. I wish I had more money in my bank account. I wish I had better shoes. I wish I had the iPhone 12 plus. Nobody says, I wish I had gotten that leather sofa I always wanted. Nobody on their deathbed says, I wish I had gone ahead and redone my countertops. I wish I had more Instagram followers. I wish I, I, I wish I had more trinkets. Nobody on their deathbed says, I wish somebody different was in the White House. You know what they say? I wish I had spent more time with the Lord. But yet, we wire and order our lives around everything but those. Better one hand with tranquility than two hands. With turmoil and chasing after the wind. What a picture. So I want to talk about less is more living. So, so less is more. What does less is more type living look like? And there are three things. If you want to write them down, you can. Uh, but the very first thing is this. Um, less is more living looks like cutting back. Cut back. Um, when me and Kirsten first got married, we lived in a 900 square foot house uh, in the middle of the woods next to a lake with a bunch of crazy neighbors. Uh, and I mean, we, you could stand in one one place in our house, and you could see the entire house from one spot. I could see every bedroom, every bathroom, everything, 900 square feet, and boy, was it a beautiful mortgage payment. If I could go back. But we had, we had one closet. We had one closet. Um, and it was one of those ones with the doors that you pull open, they kind of accordion-type doors, they kind of spread open. One row of closet. And the constant battle was, why are y'all snickering? There's like this snicker going, calm down. Um, where do we put everything? Where do we put all our clothes? Look, my wife moved from her parents' house and that, God in heaven, have mercy on my soul. I had no idea what would come after we got married. I had no room. I don't need much. I had no room. Some of y'all have closets like that, but now some of y'all have like walk-in closets. Some of y'all have closets you can do laps around. Some of y'all have multiple walk-in closets. And look, here's what you do. Here's what you do. You fill the closets up, right? And then on Sunday morning, you go, I can't find a thing to wear. <sighs> what am I wear? Some of y'all's closets are so full, you start throwing stuff in your garage, Oh, see? Now, be careful. We, we could get in trouble here today. I want to hold lovely marriages when we leave. 
Some of y'all can't even park the car in there. Your garage is filled up with stuff. And then your garage fills up, so you start going to the attic. And then after that, what do you start doing? You go to a storage unit and start paying people to store your stuff. Less is more. Life does not consist in the abundance of stuff. Some of us feel like some of this stuff we could not live without. Um, But success does not equal more. You know this. Success does not equal the more you have. The more money, the more stuff, the more things, the more, 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 more I have doesn't mean you've been successful. It means you've been discontent. You see a story in the New Testament where a young man comes to Jesus and he says, hey, I want to follow you. And Jesus, at the end of the conversation, basically tells him, okay, listen, I want you to sell all you have and then come follow me. And the guy hangs his head and walks away from Jesus. And Jesus says, it's easier for a camel to get through the eye of a needle and for a rich man to get to the kingdom of heaven. What is he saying? Is he saying Christians can't be rich? No. Is it saying Christians have to be dirt poor? No. What is he saying? He's saying our desire and need for more will often get in the way of our desire and need for Jesus. Prohibitively so. It says in Proverbs 15, 16, better a little with the fear of the Lord than great wealth with turmoil. Less stuff could equal more friends. Less stuff couldn't equal more time with your family. Less stuff couldn't mean more experiences, more time with the Lord, more time to serve, more money to give. A lot of you don't give to the church because you just ain't got it. Number one, cut back. Number two, clear out. (laughs) I had a friend tell me one time, clear out as if your life depended on it. And I was like, bro, that seems a little extreme to say my life depends on it. But what you will find is that the more and more stuff you pile on in this life, the more weighted your soul becomes. And the world would confirm this. I've read a couple books um, when I was in college about minimalism um, or essentialism. And I read one book. uh, It was an organizational book uh, that my youth pastor that I was interning under at the time said, you should read this book on organization. I don't know what he was trying to say, but I read the book anyway. These, are not, these weren't Christian authors, but they all said the same thing. The world recognizes that when we are burdened by the stuff, we have less room for anything else. You know this is true if you sit and think about it long enough. 
And let me tell you why clearing out could be difficult for some of us. Um, And I can tell you for me, uh, particularly, I didn't grow up with much. And so, now I'm, I'm, I don't typically have this diversion to want more, 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 uh, unless you're talking about that Ucrops chocolate pie. And in that case, uh, I may go to bed with a bellyache over some Ucrops chocolate pie. And if you don't know, you need to know. Uh, go to Food Lion um, and just thank your pastor later. Uh, and now I'm thinking about chocolate pie instead of preaching. I don't, it's awful. Um, some of us didn't grow up with much, and so we almost make things sentimental. Look, I tried to clear out uh, a storage room here one time. You would have thought I was setting fire to the place. People come out of the woodwork saying, don't do it. Don't throw it away. It's been sitting there collecting dust for 25 years. Don't throw it away. Afraid my, <laughs> I'm afraid I might need it later. Have you needed it in the last decade? No. And I think a lot of us are guilty of this because we're just overwhelmed with options and choices. You go uh, to the movies um, back when you could. Tons of choices, things to watch. Have you ever been to, um, there's an Italian restaurant right here. Uh, uh, What is Bella Italia. Their menu is like 47 pages long. You've been to Cheesecake Factory. Who's been to Cheesecake Factory? Anybody? Okay. It takes me 30 minutes just to try and figure out what I want to eat. Options, options, options. Um, so when you get ready to go clear out, one of the things I would say to you is this. Um, it might make it easier. Pick up an item and say to yourself, I want to thank you for the purpose you served in my life. You laugh at this. But look, you, what you'll find is most everything you've got chalked up in a corner somewhere has served nothing for you. Um, and so I'd encourage you to get one, give one. You, can, you get a shirt, give a shirt away. Get a Bible, give a Bible away. The only thing you can't do that with really is underwear. But so, um, so I'm telling you, don't do that. Don't get one, give one there. Um, but if you haven't worn it, you haven't used it, Get rid of it because it is weighing you down. And you should be able to say, my life does not consist in the abundance of my possessions. Can I be frank with you real quick? A lot of us are maybe not taking this message as seriously because you don't want to recognize your attachment to the things you have. Um. The third thing I had here was pay off. So cut back, clear out, pay off. Um, Stress is bad, right? We would all agree stress is bad. Hello? Oh, okay. Just making sure you're still there. Um, The Bible says the borrower is servant to the lender. Um, I don't think I've ever heard anyone say uh, debt helps me feel peace. Monthly credit card payments calm my soul. 
Owing people brings me joy. Uh, you don't hear that, right? Why? It's stressful. Here's what I do here. Couple after couple, family after family, stressed, worried, and fearful about how tomorrow's gonna work out because of how they're strapped to the max. We live in a culture that if we don't have money for it, we just go into debt over it. And look, you're looking at a couple right here that is in a debt payoff period in life. In fact, me and Kirsten are in the process of looking at some options to pay off, making some pretty extreme decisions to pay off all of our debt because we're tired of living under the stress of it. We want to live the rest of our lives being able to be generous because we weren't selfish needing more, 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 but we wanted to live in contentment and peace. Doesn't that sound great? What does that look like? Some of us um, remember it from years past. Some of us are living it currently, but I'm here to tell you that you need to begin working to pay things off. There's no better joy than making that last credit card payment, last car payment, no student loans. And if I'm frank with you, it's better to have a paid off car than a new one with massive payments that you barely make each month. This is the weight. This is the better is one in tranquility than two with turmoil and chasing after the wind. Better to have a smaller house than get in marital arguments all the time fighting over what has been spent because we can't make the mortgage. Better to have a financial margin to help others than live on the edge. Now, less is more does not mean you don't have anything. You might have stuff. You might have really nice stuff. Better a little nice stuff that you own than a bunch of junk that owns you. I'm gonna say that again. It's better to have some really nice stuff that you own than to have a bunch of junk that owns you. Hear me today, some of you are owned by what you have and not the king of glory. And you want to serve him more, you want to do more for the Lord, but you're bound up under your previous need. And some of us don't like to admit once we're there, but let me tell you, better one handful with tranquility than two with turmoil and chasing after the wind. You want to know who the richest people in the world are? Anybody know? Some of you think Jeff Bezos but Jeff Bezos just went through a divorce. He's got all the money in the world, doesn't have a wife. You wanna talk about that? $183 billion value. Of course, now his wife owns 60 billion of that. That is nuts. I thought about writing them to see about a tide check, just one, just one tide check. I'm not going to do it. You know who the richest people are? The richest people are not those who have the most. The richest people are those who need the least. The richest people aren't those who have the most. The richest people are those who need the least. I'm... 
as I'm getting ready to close, uh, I picture worship services in China. Have you ever seen a worship service in the middle of Africa? These people have nothing. But they would praise and worship you under a table in this room. Because we have the leisure in here of knowing we're going to go to a roof over our head, go get in our cars. These people have nothing, but they boil over with the joy of the Lord. Why is that? Why is that? Can you ask yourselves that question? Look, their faith and life and living for Christ would embarrass you. And they have nothing. Why is that? It's because contentment and joy cannot come from anything that you buy. And some of us need to start living under this banner of less is more. Because we can no longer live if we want to live as Christ lived. Nobody's, nobody's asking you this morning to, to be um, a pauper or a... I don't, I don't think people use that word anymore. Nobody's asking you to beg on the side of the street. Nobody's asking you to be broke. But what is king of your heart? What is king of your heart today? You know what the Bible says? Where your treasure is, right? There your heart will be also. Having trouble being a good husband or wife? Where's your heart? Having trouble getting into tithing? Where's your heart? Your, um, <laughs> I think of missions, I think of all these people that worship with not just nothing, but they could lose their life over it. And how did Jesus teach us to pray? Give us this day our daily bread. God, just give me enough for today. I just want to make it through today. We're so busy trying to go and go and go and get and get and get. And what is Jesus beckoning you to? Hear me. Come to me. All you who are heavy laden and I will give you rest. He's calling you today to rest and peace and tranquility. Better one hand if tranquility than two hands with turmoil and chasing after the wind. Your life is too valuable. Your calling is too great. Your God is too good to waste your life on meaningless things. And that is what the richest, one of the richest men in the Bible would, if they were standing here today, would tell you. I've got it all, I've had it all, and it was all meaningless. Better one hand full of tranquility than two handfuls with turmoil and chasing after the wind. If you go backwards to Ecclesiastes 2.11, it says, yet, this is Solomon, yet when I surveyed all that my hands had done and what I had toiled to achieve, everything was meaningless, a chasing after the wind. Nothing was gained under the sun. It's better to have one handful 
and children that you love. It's better to have one handful with intimate friends than to trade that all out for other things. It's better to have one handful and vacation memories. It's better to have one handful in a marriage that's good. I have seen people sacrifice their marriages in the pursuit of careers. It's better one handful in the ability to make a difference. It's better one handful in a passion for Jesus than to gain the whole world and lose your soul. Don't be like that on that day when Jesus calls all of us. Hear me. He's going to call each one of you some sooner than others. He may call, he may punch my ticket when I leave this parking lot. And let me tell you something. When I get there, I want him to say, thank you for your investment in the right things. I can't take my boat. I can't, I don't even have a boat, but if I could, I probably would. But I'm not in exchange for the kingdom, not in exchange for my soul. Thanks for streaming this audio from Transformation Church RVA located in Richmond, Virginia. For more information, check out our website at www.transformationrva.com.